we approach this busy time of year and consumers are opting to craft their gifts as a way to save on money, but also to make that gifting experience feel more personal. So this really applies to autumn winter celebrations, whereby consumers are seeking those creative moments or activities to get everyone involved with either crafting decor and centerpieces or even creating handmade greetings cards. Yes, so if you get a crafted gift from me this season, you now know why. I just need to find the time now to make all these fabulous gifts for you all. No pressure. That's the voice of Interiors Platform Strategist, Bonnie Pierre Davis, and she's sharing insight into the trends in seasonal gifting. You're listening to Create Tomorrow, the WGSM podcast, and I'm your host, Bethan Ryder. It may only be October, but we're going with a festive theme in this episode, and we'll be discussing the key trends for holiday season. From handcrafted gifts to perennial decor favourites like Scandi Chic and Glitzy and Glam Maximalism. Joining me for this step into winter wonderland, at least for the global north, are my two colleagues and experts, Bonnie Pierre Davis and Cassandra Gagnon. When we talk about the holiday season, we mean Christmas, Hanukkah, Lunar New Year, all those celebrations globally that mean coming together with friends and family to feast and party. Hello and welcome. Bonnie, I want to come to you first. How do you think people will be celebrating this year compared with previous years? For 2023, we're seeing consumers still having this urge to really go all out with their decorations and get-togethers. But what's different from 2022 is we're seeing consumers be more cautious of how they're spending their money. So they're being really specific on how they're spending their money and where they're putting their attention into focusing more on get-togethers and cooking meals together or going all out on decorations um, around the mantelpiece or the entryway in the home. It sounds to me like there's an emphasis on experience rather than kind of big ostentatious gifts and things. Cass, what do you see? Definitely. I mean, we're even seeing data already that consumers are saying they're more likely to spend more on experiences than in previous seasons rather than on gifts. So there's definitely an emphasis on time spent together and that togetherness, whether it is as a gifting option or just celebrating during the holidays overall. And they're definitely, yeah, they're willing to spend. It just needs to be on something that they deem has higher value perhaps than in previous seasons. One thing I found interesting is that Christmas trees, even though they were at a higher price than ever due to inflation, still saw really strong purchasing power uh, last holiday season. So if it's something that's deep in tradition or very an important item for them for the holidays, they're still going to spend money on it. Last year, I noticed people doing it even earlier. It feels like it's got earlier and earlier, like definitely by the start of December, certainly in the UK with Christmas. Those things are being planned almost to last for longer and to sort of really enjoy it. Definitely. I mean, I like to joke that it's the winter holidays year round at WGSN because we're always talking about it. But I would definitely say that there's been a normalization around uh, the holidays coming earlier each season. There was definitely years past where You know, there was a lot of very uh, grinchy behavior if it was out in stores in, say, September. But there's definitely been a shift in attitude where, you know, we need that joy. We need that celebration. We need that holiday spirit to latch on to. So people have really become a lot more relaxed with just embracing that festivity earlier and earlier. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I mean, in terms of the home, apart from obviously the tree, what are the other focal points? Cassandra, you see new areas kind of come in and being like 
jazzed up for Christmas and for holidays and things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what's really interesting because there is that budget at mind is that it tends to be concentrated on smaller spaces, but they're really decked out those smaller spaces. So one of those is the entryway, which we've talked about on the interiors platform outside of the holidays as well. People are just excited to have people back in their spaces again, and they want them to feel welcome and excited the moment they get through the door. So that's looks like people even decorating their doors. I've seen people gift wrap their doors like it's a package under the tree, whether it's the hallways, you know, they put string lights all along the ceiling. So it's just this winter wonderland as soon as you come in. Even the console table, which in our trend curve report on the home refresh was a key space that's being decked out in holiday decor as well. And what about uh, tablescaping? Because that's been something that people have been talking about for several years now with kind of professional people and influencers all over Instagram doing these incredible landscapes on tabletops. Cass, where's it going this holiday? One thing we're tracking is the concept of the formal tabletop. So we know that people have been really going all out with these tablescapes, getting very creative in their DIY styling, whatever that looks like. But for the holiday, and honestly, in general, we are seeing a much more formal approach to it. So that looks like a lot more traditional product types on the table that might have been reserved for, you know, much more stately and formal affairs, but now they're more everyday. So for the holiday, like, you know, a lot of families do have the holiday fine china that they use, um, but that's becoming a little bit more common for, say, also friend get-togethers and items like napkin rings and place cards and, you know, multi-candle candelabras, like all these beautiful, more ornate pieces are making their way to the tabletop for the holiday and any holiday celebration, as well as for the everyday. That's actually a uh, report we have coming up soon because it really is such a key thing moving forward for the table. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because people can't afford to go out so much, so they're looking to kind of bring a really sort of white linen tablecloth vibe to the home? Or is it a little bit about also having things that last and are really crafted, like instead of some paper napkins or something, you have proper embroidered. Is it a mix of these things? I would definitely say it's a mix because one really great thing about the formal tabletop is a lot of these products are definitely on the smaller side. There are these great like little gingerbread houses that hold place cards that I've seen. And a lot of these smaller items when done at the like mass retail level can easily be $20 US dollars and under. So it's also really affordable to get these small formal looking products that really add something special to the table, but are still absolutely on the same theme of being on a budget. And yeah, definitely as far as like staying in as well, people are loving to just stay in because you get to have, again, people in your home. It's the fact that we can again. It's not as much as that they have to with their budget, but that they can still. So it kind of like ticks all of those boxes in a way that still feels very festive. And there's that, you know, feeling of choice and intention behind it. I definitely noticed as well, even amongst my daughter's um, friends and their Gen Z, that they've even for their parties, occasionally they're doing these kind of very formal dress up sort of themed things as well. So it's obviously um, runs through all demographics, this sort of urge to do something in a really beautiful, statemented way. Oh, absolutely. We are all in our Martha Stewart era. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just to add about the embroidered textiles, embroidery is one of the trends that we've reported on as one of the traditional crafts that I've seen like a real rejuvenation in the past few years. So I think with table textiles, it's a really nice way to introduce whether it's cheeky characters or key icons and motifs to really like personalize the dining table display as well. Yeah, we actually even identified it as a uh, key gifting direction for our most recent Autumn Winter 23-24 buyers briefing. So it's definitely great for giftable options as well. Those smaller options like the cocktail napkins can still be a really affordable gift. Actually, talking this slightly off topic, it's not holidays, but I went to a friend's 50th and they'd found a lady to do bespoke napkins and all of the guests had each drawn something that that person meant to them and then they'd had them embroidered into napkins, which is like such a great idea. That's really nice. <laughs> and let's talk about this softness and textiles and plushness, because I know on interiors there's this new urge for soft interiors because the world's so harsh. Bonnie, how's that looking for the holiday season? So I think makes total sense. Plush and cozy looks have been called out repeatedly throughout different trade shows and press events this year. And it also connects with consumers trying to recreate the familiarity of being homebound and comforted by their surrounding homewares. So specifically for textile design, we're calling out Sherlene-like textures, um, felted finishes and ever-trending boucle. <laughs> These are the type of materials that are gaining more and more traction. And I think they're, the reason why they are so popular is because they can be applied across so many homeware products, whether it's a rug or a cushion or a blanket. And they're great for dressing the home throughout the year as well. So they have a really nice longevity here. But what I've seen at Heimtextil earlier in the year in Frankfurt, in the bedding market, there's a lot of new interest coming through with brands and retailers showcasing bedding with these same cozy textures whether it's a printed uh, duvet set with tufted elements or a really nice quilted design I think they're catering to consumers who want to bring that cozy factor into their bedroom as well so that's a, a lovely way to kind of gift as well kind of getting all those accoutrements and accessories that go with your home textiles what um what about sort of outside of bedroom and things like that? What about in decoration? Cassandra, are you seeing anything, any softness there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, creating cozy and that type of comfort was something we really identified as key for holiday product priorities, both for this season and as we're doing our research right now, it's something we're seeing really carry over into 2024 as well. So that sensorial element that just really adds comforting touch throughout the home is key. And we're seeing that on traditional holiday items that might not have been rendered that way in the past. So one great example of that is tree skirts. They've, you know, always been some of those like more like velvety plush textiles, but we're seeing them done in really interesting ways like faux fur, some like cool granny square and crochet ones for a more crafted element. And even a key item that we identified for this holiday season is uh, flocked reindeer decor, like on the tables. So those little reindeer statues that have that velvety touch texture to them in a whole variety of colors. So it brings in like the fun neon palettes or the more traditional ones. And that's something we saw across a variety of trade shows from New York Now and Shop Object in New York to Atlanta Market as well. Crochet and flocking. It sounds very 70s to me. It's fantastic. Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like it too. You're listening to the WGSN Create Tomorrow podcast. 
And in this episode, we're talking about the key trends for this year's holiday season, from starry nights to quaint houses. I'm Bethan Ryder, Editorial Director at WGSN, and my guests today are from the Interiors platform, our strategists, Bonnie Pierre Davis and Cassandra Gagnon. So let's dive into the actual aesthetics now, because I know there's always key looks. What are your top three for this year, Bonnie? So to kick off, uh, number one is Festive Cabin. So this is the contemporary cabin core direction that's kind of moved away from the more traditional cottage core looks that we've been seeing in the past and leaning towards more about framing what the holiday home looks like to individuals around the globe. So it's got a real diverse appeal to many audiences. So an example of this would be illustrative, cosy home conversationals seen in print and pattern. And this could include motifs such as houses or festive greenery, or whether it's the poncettias and amaryllis, really like fulfilling the overall design, as well as including people motifs and even pets entering the overall look. And this was also seen in our latest UK retail previews report. So this is translating into other products that we've seen at Christmas World, for example, in Frankfurt earlier in the year, where brands are creating these mini miniature scenics of woodlands where you can see different houses and forestry elements coming into play to, again, evoking that coziness feeling. And it's a great example of how Brands are bringing this to 2D and 3D formats as well. And that honestly works perfectly with what we were talking about with some of those like small sceneries like on the entryway tables. Those classic ceramic holiday villages are like a really great item that have a very nice heirloom like effect to them right now. And it also taps into a key icon uh, of quaint houses that we've seen. And this is a key icon that I love because it's one of the ones you can really track over multiple seasons that we've done here on the interiors team. So the first time we called it out was in a couple years ago in our holiday forecast for autumn, winter 23, 24, confirmed it in a buyer's briefing. And it was also featured in our most in our most recent general key icon report as well. So these cute little minimalist houses have a very cozy effect. And then, you know, they can shift into more of the cabin effect or they can look like maybe a little bit more barn-like or more of like a traditional house. You can even get regional with it, maybe have more like Victorian homes, things like that. So there's a lot of great ways to customize it as well. I love a miniature house. Like who doesn't love a miniature house? They're so sweet. <laughs> okay, what's another trend, Bonnie? So next up, we've got Gilded Glam. So this is all about the show-stopping displays and extravagant finishes. So it's, if anything, it's really appealing to those consumers who really favor the maximalist um, aesthetic. And now traditionally, we associate this trend with lots of glitter and sequins. However, more and more brands are either completely cutting out these type of finishes or choosing sustainable and lower impact alternatives, such as um, if you think about metallic threads and embroidery or beading sequin look prints or even crafting embellishments from shiny off-cut fabrics and another key driver of this trend that we've been tracking on at WGSN is supersized statements so this includes you're thinking of the large-scale installations foliage arrangements suspended from the ceiling or even clusters of baubles and beads which the team also witnessed at Christmas World earlier in the year so Overall, if consumers are willing to spend on decor, they're looking to invest in these show-stopping hero pieces. 
a great example of this was seen at Atlanta Market by Mackenzie Charles, who they'd featured this amazing menorah centerpiece that featured like clashing checkerboard and polka dot patterns and then it was finished with this gold luster so it was really a really like hint to maximalist and glam at its highest makes me think of yayuku sama's room at the um tate at the moment like you know just people having an entirely kind of glitterballed room with just um yeah that's very appealing indeed I like a disco ball snowman. So, and then what? What's the like the third? So you've, we've got the maximalist. We've got the escapes the cabin. What's the, what's your third key direction that you'll see in this this holiday season? So the third direction is Scandi chic. So this connects with the ongoing minimalist aesthetics, if you like. And here we focus on natural materials in their raw state and artisanal touches that provide this kind of cocooning warmth that, you know, it feels very, very inviting. This is ranging from untreated woods in decor to crafted constructions even made from raffia. And this has a great connection for gift wrap as well, especially when we're trying to look at it from a sustainability perspective. And the thing about sustainable gift wrap is that it needs to be practical for consumers when they're looking at their budgets. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be, you know, tripling their gift wrap budget for a very beautiful uh, recycled paper. Like they're just not quite at that with where their strategy is with spending. So there's options like, you know, recycled craft paper, one of the most basic craft materials out there that really resonates nicely with this Scandi chic minimalism and organic textures, but it can also be elevated and decorated really nicely. And that's something that we've been tracking is uh, just add-ons to these packages that take that plain craft paper and make it something really celebratory. So this can look like tie-on ribbons and gift tags that are beautiful and artful and more statement and honestly can cover a lot of the package. But because they're tie on, they're also reusable. And because they're so artful and, you know, more design forward, people are going to want to hold on to them and reuse them in future years. And, you know, that's practical, but also sustainable. And another way we're seeing this is uh, something called we are calling double duty packaging. So it's gift packaging that doubles as, you know, practical storage items as well. And for Scandi Chic, this can look really great as, you know, wooden crates or woven baskets. And if they're kept in those natural materials and organic shades as well, it also means that they're going to be able to be displayed throughout the year. So there's, you know, a wider application outside of the holidays, even though it feels beautiful and festive. I love the idea as well. I went somewhere recently where something was wrapped Japanese style in fabric. And that's just so lovely because that is something that you would just keep and just reuse every year. So that's a, a really sustainable way of gift wrapping. Absolutely. I have tried that, Beth, and I feel like I need to watch a few more tutorials before the holidays to smarten up on my folding techniques. Oh, see, I would just be, you know, gathering it up the top, tie it with a ribbon, call it good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm not saying I do some kind of origami sort of brilliance, but, you know, I think if if you pick a nice pattern fabric, it can look just lovely without too much effort, I hope. And as a sewist, (laughs) that's like my favorite gift to get anyway, so. (laughs) I mean, I've been known to wrap gifts in newspaper. I mean, I don't know whether that's cool again or not, but. I think so. (laughs) As long as you've got a nice ribbon, and if it's like the FT, it's pink so it looks quite nice yeah do like the style section and it'll be like good (laughs) exactly so people obviously people are on budgets this year and I wonder how what effect that's having on sort of festive rituals or gift giving or even decoration Bonnie are you seeing a shift to certain things that mean that it helps people with their budgets 
Definitely, Bethan. Um, I think we approach this busy time of year and consumers are opting to craft their gifts as a way to save on money, but also to make that gifting experience feel more personal. And this was something we recently discussed in our product priorities report um, on DIY and crafting experiences, where we discussed the importance of crafting togetherness. So this really applies to autumn winter celebrations, whereby consumers are seeking those creative moments or activities to get everyone involved with either crafting decor and centerpieces or even creating handmade greetings cards. And I think another positive factor of this is brands trying to encourage consumers to take the time to slow down and embrace the wellness benefits of crafting and, you know, the benefits of working with your hands for a change. I do love a wreath workshop, Christmas wreath workshop. So Starry Night is one of our key icons for the season and we see it having longevity with this story because it connects with so many holidays, whether it's Hanukkah, New Year's Eve or winter solstice. And I think it's great because brands can really tailor this like starry night scene to different product offerings, whether it's embellishing stories with magical or mythical characters and also they can cater this to different hemispheres and regions with artwork that shows different skies and constellations. And then what about greenery and biophilia? Because we know that's a big trend generally. Are you seeing that coming in with decor as well? You know, forest forage is a true perennial direction that we see across printing pattern throughout the home all year round so for the autumn winter holidays we want to we're seeing the addition of other motifs and icons populate these patterns whether it's the pine cones or the mushrooms it's got this nice narrative that connects consumers to the spending time outdoors whether you know you're talking about the christmas wreath you know foraging for those type of elements whether it's for decorating a christmas wreath or even cooking with. Any others that we're going to see a lot of icons? Um, uh, Cass, have you spotted an icon that's going to be big this season? I'd say the last one to really look out for is the festive cocktail and drink. And this is something we're seeing across the different seasons, which I think is really lovely because it's a great way to sustainably build out print and pattern ranges. And it ties into a lot of the trends our food and drink team is seeing as well. I mean, they have an entire trend curve on retro cocktails, and that's something we're really seeing tie in here. So during the summer, it was more of the, you know, fruity rum drinks and the Mai Tais and that type of thing. And now we're moving into the holidays. We have the martinis, the mimosas, the champagne bottle or flute. And it's really just developed nicely into this, you know, what's more festive than a glass of bubbly. And, you know, we're even tracking uh, on the other teams, like, you know, sober curiosity and sober lifestyles. But mocktails that have that same level of beauty to them are a giant trend as well. So the print and pattern element from the interior's perspective still has a wide application to everyone. And for the holidays, adding some cute little twist to it, like a candy cane martini is something I've seen, is a really nice way to do it. And this is one that's really at a mass market level right now. We have seen it for a few seasons developing at New York Now, Shop Object, Christmas World, Atlanta Market, etc. So definitely one to watch. Okay, first to ask each of you what you would be buying to make your home feel festive this holiday season. Cass, is there something you've seen with, that you want to invest in for your home? 
Yeah, I would say there's two. I just recently stopped by a local candle store where they do all of their own hand-dipped tapers. And there's an entire wall that looks like a true like gradient rainbow. And I picked up a bunch of different festive shades for my table this year. And speaking of a lot of those, you know, forged greeneries, I am actually currently signed up for a dried floral wreath making class at the end of the month. So that will be right on my front door. Fantastic. What about you, Bonnie? What's going to get you in the mood? So I've got really into window displays because I like I really like the idea of especially when winter like people spend so much time indoors but when you go for like walks in the evening if you've got your window display lit up it's really nice and um when I was in Norway recently they I've, I'm sure you've seen it before but they suspend these beautiful lit stars shapes in their window that I think they're origami paper and they're just really beautiful so I'm going to try and recreate some sort of display with paper crafts and tea lights. That sounds lovely I must admit it's my favorite time of year because People, uh, it gets dark and people haven't quite closed their curtains and you can nose into everyone's houses. <laughs> but I like the idea of your decoration. That's really lovely. Okay, I know you're always years ahead. So you've already looked at next year. What's your sort of big projection into next year? What, what's a forecast that you could share with everyone? Next year, consumers are going to be even more keen on spending their budget strategically. That's going to carry over. So you need to find that balance of practicality and festivity that's going to carry through. And this approach is going to develop and adjust product priorities, not just for decor, but gift wrap, tabletop, crafts, all of that. So really finding that nice middle ground where you are showing clear value to consumers, but still letting them enjoy the season to the fullest is really going to resonate the most. Perfect. Well, happy holidays is how I'm going to end this one to you both. <laughs> you as well, Bethan. So thank you to my guests today, Bonnie Pierre-Davis and Cassandra Gagnon, and thank you for listening. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you can find forecasts on holiday season trends for this year and next on our interiors platform and also on our food and drink platform. And if you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for our industries. And these include food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion and consumer tech. You can subscribe to the Create Tomorrow podcast on all major platforms. And if you like what you've heard, why not leave us a rating and review? We'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can catch the CEO of WGSN, Carla Buzashi, next week on our other podcast, Lives of Tomorrow.